a shot of wrestling episode 83 and away we go i be busting freestyles and stone cold sutton and hitting the attitude adjustment brothers of destruction undertaker change sit in the fire or get cooled like roman brand get this dude love and you got my back man you're so kind and hit that cactus jack and patty gag the face Run the place now So phenomenal And I'm breaking the walls down You're about to get hit We going off the script If you don't submit You get hit with the super kick We talk that WWE It's a shot of wrestling With Green Man and MJP Thank you Patty Ag And thank you For tuning in to another episode Of A Shot of Wrestling I am your host You should know by now At Michael J. Putty, Green Man, is not here. I feel like it's been a while since I've been here by myself. Me and you had a one-on-one conversation. How are you guys doing? Everything all right? You guys good? Good to hear. As for me, this is the point in the show where Green Man usually asks, Michael J. Putty, man, how has your week been? To which I usually reply, you know, it sucked. Well... Green Man, I know you're listening. So you ready for this? You sitting down? My week was fantastic. Oh my God, it was such a great week. It was one of the best weeks I've had in recent memory. My week is great. Started on Tuesday night. You had the America Scott Talent finale. All 10 of those guys performed exponentially. Uh, it delivered. It was entertaining from start to finish. Tyra Banks looked smoking hot, as always. And then we had uh, Wednesday came around. We had the America's Got Talent finale results. That was a little weird. It was a great show, but it took 27 seconds to announce who the winner was. And these two little girls, one was 12, I think one's 10 or 9. They started crying, they were very nervous, and then they made these poor young girls wait 27 seconds to hear the result. That sucks. That's fucking cruel and unusual punishment, in my opinion. But the winner is somebody I figured would win. It's kind of predictable. Uh, Everyone was predicting her to win. So it's not just me being pompous green man, okay? Relax. Yeah, so spoiler alert. Darcy Lynn, the ventriloquist one. So her future's looking pretty bright. But that same night was the Big Brother season finale, which was one of the best episodes in a long time. Oh, man, oh, man. Get Paul and Josh, final two, okay? Paul's running this game since day one. He played last year, but he was just manipulating everybody, like being a puppet master, flying under the radar, connecting with everybody, played a great game, but he's still a dick. He's still a pompous asshole. Jerk. Josh wasn't that much better either. But, man, this jury was bitter, salty AF. And it was just glorious to watch Paul's reaction when he lost for the second time in a row. In a row. Both times was a 5-4 to four vote. So, you know, fuck you, bro. So now I'm wondering, what do I watch on Thursday nights? Gotham came back. To your boy's surprise, I was not expecting it to happen this week. I actually didn't even know the date. I thought it would be la- next week, maybe even mid-October. But man, oh man, I saw that red light on my DVR. I checked it. It said Gotham. What? what? Fantastic. So I watched that. It was, como dice, exceptional. Uh, season four looks like it's going to be off the chain, as the kids say nowadays, I believe, right? Yeah, okay. Then I got a call from Erwin the Voice, Escobar, the man of a thousand opinions. He was free Thursday night, came over to your boy's house, talked to some BoJack Horseman. Y'all watch BoJack Horseman. It's a phenomenal show. Great, great show. But nobody I knew watches it. It's not for everybody. And so I've had people try to watch it, and they couldn't get into it. They never gave it really a chance. But the voice Gave it a chance, and he loves it. Came over, we're, we're talking about it. I watch it to enjoy myself, to be entertained. And he put this psychological, philosophical, philosophizing it. And I'm like, oh, shit. I never thought about that. He put a whole new spin on this show. So now your boy's got to watch it again with the voices, comments, and critiques. Also started watching Glow. Two episodes in. So far, so good. We'll see what happens. And then there was the NFL Network's football life, Dan Marino. Must watch. If you don't like Dan Marino, even if you're an asshole like K.R. Patney, check out A Football Life Dan Marino. It was one of the best productions by the NFL Network I have seen in a long time. And honestly, I'm a little biased. The Voice liked it as well. He's not. So if you don't trust me, trust Erwin Escobar's opinion. Yeah, that was pretty much my week in a nutshell. You know, it had nothing to do with me, my social life, my friends or family. It had all to do with television. It's a great week of television. So I am fully excited about next week when more shows come back. And I'll give you a full report maybe next week. Probably won't be as excited because I am pumped up. It's a great week of television. So let me calm down for just a little bit because after our show kind of wrapped up last weekend, we heard the news about the passing of one of the greatest, Bobby the Brain Heaton. And I can pat myself on the back, ourselves on the back for a little bit. A shot of wrestling on Instagram, a sh- shot of wrestling no way on Twitter, a shot of wrestling on Facebook broke the news of Bobby the Brain's heating, it's passing, before it even came out on TMZ, 
before it came out, even on the WWE, before these wrestlers and legends were posting about it. We broke it first. And of course, I know how that happened, but I cannot reveal my sources. But yeah, it. I checked the timestamp later on that night, and we had it like three hours posted, and WWE, TMZ, Sergeant Slaughter, uh, who else, uh, Teddy Biasi, et cetera, et cetera, posted it two hours ago. So yeah, check us out. huh? Breaking news. Breaking the news of Bobby the Brain Heaton's death. And uh, it was sad. It's sad. I sound, I'm very pumped up. I had a Red Bull before the show started, so I'm a little amped up, but I got to be more somber now because, you know, this is a big loss for the wrestling community. And uh, for people like me who were wrestling fans in like the late 80s and 90s, yeah, he was one of the mainstays. He was one of the reasons probably many of us are wrestling fans. We watched it. We will see him doing silly, stupid things, being hilarious, joking around. And that drew us in. And most of us stayed because of Bobby the Brain Heenan. Someone put it nicely online. They said, and I quote, it's important to celebrate his life because without him, some of us may not even be wrestling fans. When we think of Bobby, we laugh and smile because those are the feelings he instilled in us as wrestling fans, end quote. You know, what's great about that, too, was he, you could tell he was having fun. You could tell he was enjoying what he was doing. He wanted to entertain us, and he did. He was sick for a long time. We'll get more of that into the news he was, one, he was one of the greats. There'll never be another Bobby the Brain Heenan. His art form of being a manager and getting the crowd to eat out of the palm of his hands by getting whatever reaction he wanted is done. Nobody does it nowadays. Nobody ever will again. So I tried to look up clips of him and I wanted to sprinkle them out throughout the show to kind of honor him and celebrate his life and what he contributed. But there are just so damn many clips. I could not narrow it down. So I'm just going to play the clip, the tribute they aired on Raw. Uh, WWE has this great knack of putting together these great tribute videos better than anybody else and when people have died in the past they've aired these beautiful packages played behind an amazing song and i always wanted to you know play them on the show as a tribute but we couldn't because it was just a song being played over clips and that would not translate well on a podcast because it's just a song but however we can tonight because bobby the brain heenan was all talk and they honed in on that perfectly during this tribute so i'm going to play that for you and right after that, we're going to come back with Green Man's exclusive interview with Anthony Bennett. Bobby Heenan, thanks for everything. Rest in peace, buddy. From Beverly Hills, California. Everybody knows I'm gorgeous, pretty, beautiful, whatever you want to call me. Bobby the Brain Heenan. What's Gretzky's number? 99. What's Check your number? that out. Oh, number one. You know, I'm the kind of a man that doesn't like to be made a fool of. Now, interview me. Okay, Bobby Heenan. You know what I was thinking before you... Oh, I'm sorry. You were going to say... What is this, the weasel open? Oh, it's not the weasel open. This is a proper attire when you play golf in Beverly Hills. <laughs> the suit has claws and everything. This is a, very much a, a replica of a weasel. Wait, just hit the hands. Oh, yeah. Come on, the hands. come on. Oh. Those are nice feathers. That's a boa. It's a little ragged now, but I'll well, get it. So are you. One. So what's the difference? Right? Get out of my way. I'm Gorilla Monsoon along with Bobby the Brain Heenan. And as you can see, we're here. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. Let me tell them where we're at. Oh, all right. We're sitting by my in my palatial estate in Beverly Hills. We are poolside. Where's the thing that shows how far you went or how... It's broke. Don't worry about it. I'm keeping it in my mind. So far, it says you haven't gone anywhere. I got it right here. Smell it, kid. Go ahead. Smell it. Oh, well, it's fine to me. Oh, right now. Hello, Jack. Where are you going? I'm getting the hell out of here. <laughs> you stop. You have a rifle. Will you stop? Just wait a minute. We're on the air here. What is that? Cash. Oh, you're loaded. You got about $3 in there again. Uh, nice. Come on, Barry. We're a little harder. I'm kicking it high gear. Hey. Back off a little bit. I'm a gentleman. I'm Bobby the Brain Heenan. Regardless of what these humanoids have to say about Weasel. Hi, Bobby. Hi, Bobby. Hi, Bobby. Hi, Bobby. Hi, Bobby. You know the rules. Mr. Heenan. That's right. Wait, wait a minute. Bobby Heenan. We're on the air. We're, I know. It's a family show. I know. I picked Booger to win. These two guys. You know, these two guys, I'll tell you something about Bundy and stuff. What? 
I would like to challenge you, Hogan, at any time, any place. If I'm Uncle Morty Thumbs and he needs me inside, I, I got to I go now. I think to your wife earlier, right? Top fading, hip hop parading, Anthony Bennett. What is no, up, brother? That's doing pretty good. You definitely do that better than I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. It is truly an honor to have you on the show and pretty much wrapping up our September month. Um, but the last time we spoke with you, you were in a car with Mike Orlando and Kid Christian heading down to Florida and Manor Pro Wrestling. So catch us up. How, how was the trip there? Oh, that trip, it was definitely well worth the drive. You know, we made friends and everybody in every locker room, whether it was Manor Pro Wrestling, Rowan and Pro Wrestling, or Pro Wrestling 2.0. They all welcomed us with open arms. We never came across anybody where it was like, who are these guys? Why are they in our locker room? Everybody was friendly at all three places. And right now we're talking about when the next time we could get back down there because we had such a blast and everybody was so friendly and so welcoming of all three of us. That is awesome. I have to ask, did you get a five-course meal out of it at least? We actually did. We did. Nice. And it was... What it was, are the five courses? I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't know. Well, <laughs> let me rephrase this. I don't know what five-course meal is. I'm, <laughs> so I can say we got a good meal out of it. Let me put okay. it that way. So we got a decent size. I'm going to say it was an eight-ounce um, chicken breast, some um, mixed vegetables, zucchini, and uh, mashed potatoes. Um, we had a salad, and then we also had my favorite food ever, cheesecake, and it was strawberry. Yeah, it was a nice. strawberry cheesecake, so I was very, very happy about that. <laughs> You're a man with a sweet tooth. Must be hard training. It really is. <laughs> did the kid end up talking to any more strangers while he was down there, or did everything go pretty smoothly after that? You know, we we actually did a good job keeping it alive. He, he didn't run into any strangers, and it was more worrying about me, like, the first day we were there, we were we decided to take a trip to Universal, and then we went to Downtown Disney and walked around there for a little bit. Isn't that an and awesome place, by the way? Like the bars, the restaurants, really, like for like just an adult time to hang out and chill with people. It's such a great place. It really, like honestly, it's just it's Florida it is just a marvel. You know, like we just went down and we were just like, oh hey, you know, since we're here, we wanted to check, we wanted to check out Universal anyway, so we went there. And then me being me, I was like, you know, I'm here every time I come to Florida. I got to get a turkey leg though we, <laughs> we spent so about a good 30 minutes talking about a turkey leg uh, yeah it was horrible walking around <laughs> universal where in the harry potter world and they were like i feel like i i never got my turkey leg we gotta get my turkey leg and they're just trying to work around me what the turkey leg well we'll get it when we leave we'll figure it out when we leave we'll pass a lot of different turkey places no, I want my turkey leg now. You know, Universal <laughs> has the best turkey leg. Disney has the best turkey leg. And I was just like, everywhere we went, I tried to get a turkey leg. And it was just like, when we were walk, we walked past a bunch of different food places that didn't have them. And it was just like so depressing. You would think that would be one of the things they always have in all the food, little on the food carts and stuff. But no. I, I, think, <laughs> I think this might be a great idea for a new show. You know, just a whole bunch of wrestlers going around trying to find where the best turkey leg in the United States is. You know, is it in Universal or is it in Texas? Who knows? Well, while we're talking about Orlando, also has the wrestling universe that has literally slowly but surely. It's like Vince McMahon is Walt Disney now. And he's like slowly taking over Orlando, Florida with the Performance Center, with NXT. And a few years ago. Uh, we had the CWC, the Cruiserweight Classic, which you participated in. Um, and it would be a shame for us not to talk about that. And I'm really interested in knowing, you know, how does this opportunity get presented to you? Um, Gerald Briscoe did a couple seminars. And the first time he did one, he came. And I was maybe four or five months in the training, 
haven't like had any actual match. I think I might have had two good matches, two matches at the time. Mm-hmm. And all he could tell about me was from my promo that I did that I was an amateur wrestler. Okay. And everyone else is wrestling uh, pro wrestling matches. And as soon as it came time for me to wrestle my match, all me and another guy who was re- only wrestling for about three to four months, the only thing we did was lock up. And from the lockup, I hear, Anthony, give the kid a double leg takedown. So I was like, okay. I gave the kid a double leg takedown. He's like, okay, t- uh, you sit out, turn in. Anthony, put him in a cradle. Then, like, Briscoe was just, like, calling out a lot of different amateur wrestling moves for us to do. And we're like, okay, we're trying to figure it out. Like, we're like, are we actually doing a pro wrestling match or an amateur wrestling match? And we were just, we just suffered a little. We kept on going, doing everything he was saying because, you know, you don't want to make Harold Briscoe mad. No, definitely not. And then after that, he told me, he was like, you know, I like you, kid. I like a lot. I like amateur wrestling, and you should definitely start using that as it as your gimmick and you should start doing a lot of amateur wrestling in your match. I know you're small. You're going to want to do a lot of high flying stuff, mm-hmm. but you got to figure out how to work both of these things in and you'll be marketable. That's uh, actually good and, advice. Is that some like advice that you still carry on to you to this day? I still do. Yeah. And that was the first year he came by the second year. If he came in, he said he noticed that I actually incorporated a lot of amateur wrestling into my uh, move set. And he loved at my match. I uh, wrestled major McClendon and that match, we definitely stole the show or stole mm-hmm. the seminar. Yeah. We like, and it was, these are all matches where you're not going in, you're not talking to anybody. You're not talking to people, you know, Oh, Hey, we should do this. We should do this. These are matches where, oh, you and you, you're wrestling. You and you, you're wrestling. You two people, you don't know each other, you're wrestling. It just so happened that I paired up with Major McClendon, who was, um, at the time, my tag partner. All right. So we actually, two people who know each other really well. He, I went in and started mat wrestling, and surprisingly enough, he had mat wrestling ex, um, experience. It, or if he didn't, it seemed like he did because mm-hmm. he was definitely hanging in there with me. Nice. But Brisco, Mr. Briscoe loved that match, and he told me, he said, Anthony, when I come back next year, I want you to be 20 pounds heavier, and I want it to be all clean muscle, all clean uh, body weight. The next year I came back, uh, the next year he came back, I gained 25 pounds. It was it still, it actually looked better, felt better about my stuff and everything. Like, And he was like, you know, you did exactly what I uh, said. So, you know, he uh, he said Triple H is working on doing something with Cruiserweight. Without a doubt, when that gets started, I'm throwing your name in. And from then That's on, amazing. you know, it's just I got an email. And right after I got the email, I messaged Mr. Briscoe and thanked him. And he's like, it was all you. You did all the work. Now you just got to keep on doing the work. Wow. I want to know, like, the excitement. Who did you share that news with? Who was the first person? Uh, the first person I shared it with, because I did get the email at work, was my boss, who was definitely <laughs> a my boss was definitely a big wrestling fanatic as well. So he's like, he just happened to be like, I was on break when I decided to check my email and oh, man. he just happened to be there. And I was like, Hey Joe, look, I got like, I'm going down. He's just like, Oh dude, sweet. You got to put in your PTO and put this in, put this in let me know when, like I need a date. He's like, I'm actually going to fly down to see this. Now this is awesome. Wow. I never had anybody. I don't, I never do anybody that said pro wrestling that was in WWE. So my boss actually like was pretty excited when I told him and then, right after that i called my um called my dad told my dad my dad was pretty excited about it that's amazing it looks like you have a good circle of support um once you got into the performance center do you remember anyone who made an impression on you whether it was good or bad you know um they they were all good impressions honestly you know the one person that i think had the best impression on me right away was mr regal you know like Mm -hmm. he's just one of the him between him and Drew Gulak, like Drew Gulak had to be one of the best minds that I've ever talked to upon getting down there, you know, and I was roomed with him. So that made it even better. I had, I had a limited time to talk to him while I was down there. And, you know, basically everything that Drew Gulak told me, the same thing William Regal told me right after like the next day or earlier that day. And it was just like, wow, these two people think alike. Like, how is how is that possible? The same thing is being told to me. And, you know, and that's just me asking the same question, you know, oh, how can I do this? How can I do that? How can I make this look better? And they're both, oh, okay, well, if you do this, then that will come off better. Why would you do that? Take that part out and try mm-hmm. this instead. And it's just like, when you hear people tell you things and it's coming, it's the same exact thing. 
coming from two people who are higher up. Like, not so much, even at a higher up than me, it's just like two things that are coming from people who are reputable in pro wrestling. It's just like, wow. But it, it looks like the secret to your success has really been, you know, you're taking the feedback and actually putting it to the grind and using it where others, you know, sometimes are just asking for it, but they don't really want to know the feedback. It's great that you're really taking it, especially early on in your career. Walk us through now the actual match because it was a great match which ended in a little scary moment for you, you know. So give us the play-by-play on your end. You know, how did it feel? Was there anything you would change? And, you know, to the last moments, like what were you thinking? The match, I mean, everyone's seen it, you know, going pretty well all the way up until the last 45 seconds. I don't even know what happened. Like when Tony Meese went through my leg, my knee tweaked. I don't even know what happened. It just, something went wrong. My knee bent the wrong way. And after that, I was just like, oh no, please tell me I didn't uh, blow my knee out. And that's like the entire time, that was just like all I was thinking about. Mm. I didn't like, and even then I didn't realize like two moves had already happened at the time. I'm just like, I was just still thinking about my knee. Just please tell me I didn't blow my knee out. Please tell me I didn't blow my knee out. Wow. And I, that was the only thing on my mind. I was like still in the match, still mentally focused in the match. But like, it was like so many things that had happened afterwards that I wasn't really aware of just because I was just like, how could I blow my knee out in my, the biggest match of my career? Yeah. It, well, I wouldn't say it's the biggest match of your career because you're going to have a long career ahead of you and there will be many more big time matches that I predict in your future. Um, but yeah, I mean, from, uh, from the fans perspective, looking at it, um, it definitely looked like when um, knees push down your leg, you know, it kind of spiked something on, on your knee, but it looked like you probably recovered really quickly. It, it wasn't evident until you literally were laid on your back and, and the referee came to approach you. And then, you know, what was the word exchange? You know, what, did, what was he checking in on you? What did you say? <laughs> yeah. He was just checking to see if I was all right. And I was just like, yeah, I'm okay. He's like, uh, he's like, are you sure? I was like, yeah, we're, I was like, I'm good. And then out of nowhere, I, the next thing I know, a 450 came. <laughs> 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 It was like, hey, are you okay? Are you okay? What happened? I was like, yeah, I'm okay. I think I bu- uh, my knee buckled a little bit. He's like, can you continue? I was like, yeah, I, uh, I can continue. And out of nowhere, boom. boom. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Like, give me a moment, a second at least. <laughs> Shit. Awesome. You know, it's great. Thank you so much for sharing that and all those details with us. Because it's really great to see, not just as a fan, you know, just watching it, but then really getting your perspective on it. It's completely different. It opens, hopefully, our listeners' mind to what was going on in that match. Um, with wrestling, you know, how much were you influenced? How much was wrestling around you growing up? Well, my uncle was always an amateur wrestler and my dad my dad was being my dad so you know he was working and I was always in the sports and I always wanted to be like my dad and like my uncle like my uncle we would go to my uncle's wrestling matches and I was just like I want to do that I want to do that I want to do that then one night in 19 I'm pretty sure it's 1998 as like right before I was right as I started kindergarten Kane and Undertaker came out and it was like the night of destruction I think they just broke Vince McMahon's ankle Mm-hmm. with the stairs yeah and after that it was like they came out every match and was like and choke slammed everybody during every match and then i was just like dad i want to do that i want to do that <laughs> and i remember him saying okay you you say that now then my uncle's still wrestling we still go we're still going to my uncle's wrestling matches and stuff and then i was like no i don't want to do this anymore i want to do what we saw on tv <laughs> and then my dad was like you got to do this first <laughs> so <laughs> we watched it uh WWF at the time, I'm like, okay, I want to do this. Okay, if this is what I got to do to do that, then I'm going to do it. And my first match ever, the only reason I remember it is because it was so heartbreaking. Like, uh, practice, I was doing good at practice. I could say I did, I think I did pretty well. But then when it came time for the matches, my first match, I got pinned. And me thinking it's the same as pro wrestling, you get the one, two, and then you can kick out. Yeah. No, that ain't what happened. As soon as both your uh, <laughs> shoulder blades hit the bat, you lose. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I let the kid take me down. I just want to kick out. <laughs> and he, it didn't work that way. The kid pinned me in about maybe fifteen twenty seconds. Wow. Well, everybody <laughs> has, has humble beginnings. It sounds like <laughs> you know. And, and you um, came from a, a very successful school, the Monster Factory. How, how's the training been in there? Uh, and who are your mentors that have, have guided your career so far? Ooh, the Monster Factory, like, honestly, the Monster Factory had to be the best thing 
like the best thing to start my career. You know, you got so many guys there. You got Larry Sharp, who's been, who was wrestling, who's been around wrestling for over 30 plus years. You had Bill Wiles, who was in ECW. You had the Blue Meanie, who was in ECW. You have Danny Cage, who just started taking, who just took over the Monster Factory full time. You know, a lot of guys that really know pro wrestling, who's been around it. And, you know, there's so many different eras of wrestling. You got Bill, you got Bill Wiles, who is, who was in ECW and the Blue Meanie, who was in ECW, who was in WWE. And then you got Larry, who was around back in the 80s. So now we got three different generations of pro wrestling. Nice. Also mixed with today's modern era of pro wrestling. So it's like, you know, we're teaching you the old school method, but we're still staying up to date with today's method of pro wrestling. And it was just like, you know, these are why, like, it was so much, it was like, these are why we do this. This is why we do this. This is why you don't do this. And it was just like the foundation basically like was just perfect. It was the perfect way to start my pro wrestling career. Awesome. Um, I feel like the professional lands, the professional wrestling landscape has changed definitely with the formation of the Performance Center, NXT, um, the Cruiserweight Classic, of course. Um, can you share what you think the perspective about the hustle that a pro wrestler now has to go through? <laughs> well, I, like, You're the man I'm of the hustle, enough. so you should know. <laughs> yeah. I'm humble enough to know that pro wrestling takes time. It's not one of those things where it just happens within two to three months of training. It just happens within a year of training. I know it definitely takes time. A lot of people, like a lot of people who come in here with egos and they think because they're athletic enough, they can pull it off where they think because oh i always wanted to do this this was always a dream of mine i i should be on wwe right now i can cut an awesome promo like a lot of people think that because they can do certain things they should they're entitled to being signed or be under to be doing certain things when it doesn't work that way you gotta make the talents you gotta do the drives you gotta mm-hmm. take like pro wrestling is all about getting your name out there right now yeah. you know good friend of mine leo rush he's been uh he's three two years younger than me right now and been wrestling uh, two years uh less than i have and he's currently uh signed with wwe Mm -hmm. a lot of people like a lot of close friends of mine were like hey man how did he get signed and you didn't why is he signed and you're not and you know i'm humble enough he i understand he made the towns he did the drives he hopped in cars he he hustled harder than I have. And I can honestly say that, you know, it's not one of those things where you're just, Oh yeah, that should be me. Why, why I'm better than him. Why is he doing this? Why did he get this spot? Like you got to get out there. Like for anybody who wants to do pro wrestling, you got to know, you got to get out there. You're not going to become a pro wrestler, just being in one spot There, you expand your audience basically. So right now with, with me and me, Mike and Kid Christian going down to Florida, now we just expanded our audience to a Florida crowd. Now we've got people from Florida following us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You know, we're developing new fans. We're develop we're helping getting our name out there. And that honestly I think is the best thing for you to actually be seen. This is why you should be uh get there because what they're looking for, in my opinion, basically what I've realized is a lot of guys that are currently under contract or guys that have made a name for themselves on the independent wrestling scene. No, absolutely. I mean, I remember seeing Leo Rush and he would come down into the New York area and it was like he was in HOG, he was in CCW. It was like he was hitting promotion after promotion. By the time you already saw what happened in a promotion, whether it be on social media or on the net, he was already on moving on to another town. And so I, I totally see that perspective about like the hustle is so real because it's like mm-hmm. you have to just keep hitting the grind and keep going town after town after town. Um, but, and have fun with it. Right. You know, I would love to be a, a, a fly in the car when you guys are traveling, which was great for us to actually be part of that, that experience for a moment. Um, how do you prepare for wrestling matches? Uh, you know, being, Going town after town, is there a ritual that you have? Is um, How do you prepare for a big match? Well, I really don't have – I don't know if anyone actually has a ritual. Some people do. I don't. I'm just – more often than not, I just basically just walk around, just 
having fun. I'm just a big kid basically at Mm -hmm. heart. And (laughs) like, I just talk to everyone. And then when it's time for me to go for my badge, it's just like, okay, yeah. You know, sometimes I'm just like, I'll be joking around and I'll hear my music. I'm like, Oh, my badge is up. Like, (laughs) is that I don't really have a ritual. I'm just there basically just there to have fun. And I try to make like a lot of people, take pro wrestling too serious to the point where they forget you're supposed to have fun yeah um i choose not to be one of those people because i want to i want to do this because i want to have fun i want to have fun doing what i'm doing because this is what i love to do so you know i was just like yeah you know it's that like in at ronin too i was just like yeah you know i like doing like i remember me talking to a few people in the back and i was just like yeah so we're going to uh, do this tomorrow night and I'm so excited for this, and my music is playing, and they're like, oh, yeah, Benny, your match is up. And I'm like, really? And then, like, I actually hear my music playing. I was like, oh, snap. And I'm like, I'm like oh, my eyes was supposed to go out, like, two seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, I'm little, like me having fun in the back, talking to the guys and all, you know. It's like, oh, yeah, you missed your cue, Benny. No way to mess up. <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as you're having but, fun, and, and, like, I feel like your character also resembles that fun, outgoing kind of persona. You know, it, what has been the evolution of your character? Because back when you started at in 2012, 2013, you know, the high top was not that high. You know, how, <laughs> how much dedication, how much work have you put into maintaining your physique, the hair, you know, the, the persona, the personality of Anthony Bennett? The hair, it came from Bill Wiles. He, def- he definitely, like, came up to me and was like, you know, me and you are doing a series. Me and you are wrestling these matches. We're having a big blow-off match. He's like, now I want to ask you a question. Can you how uh can you grow your hair out? And I was like, yeah. How soon can you grow it out? I was like, oh, um, just give me like two weeks or not two weeks. Give me like two months, and I can have a mini Jackson Five Afro. He's like, perfect. <laughs> All right. So basically, what I want to do is I want to have us have a nice build up and have a nice storyline to the point where the big payoff is a hair versus cybers match. Yeah, because Bill Bill Wallace, his uh, wrestling character is Elvis Wesley, and yeah. he he is all about the Elvis Wesley uh, Elvis Wesley Elvis Presley sideburn, and you know, so it was like that big payoff where I beat him, he beats me, I beat him, he beats me. Okay, that's it. I had enough of this. You know what? You want to? You can hang with me. I'm willing to put my sideburns on the line if you put your hair on the line. You know, and it, it was just. And this is maybe four months down the line where is I have a nice little Jackson Five Afro now. I'm, look, I look. I actually got told I look like Michael Jackson when <laughs> it was growing out, which <laughs> is what I, I still don't know how I feel about that. But <laughs> That's a compliment, the King of Pop. I thought so. Yeah. I thought so. But then you know, depending on the person saying it, it's also True. wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> but. Then, you know, at, like, so after that match, you know, I was like, you know, I want to do something different. I I was like, do I want to keep the afro? Then I was like, nah, you know, too many people in wrestling have afros. Then Bill Wiles called me later up, uh, later on that night and was like, hey, um, did you cut your hair? I was like, no, nah, I'm thinking about doing something different. Though. He's like, okay, get a high top. Do the kid and play. Interesting. Okay, we'll try it. And... I tried it and it took off. It's just, you know, it was like that night, like that nineties gimmick, basically just hearing all the nineties music and just know how silly and how goofy and outgoing I am. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, now he, he's, I was like, I'll, I can make it work. And he's like, now you just need some uh, music that you can dance to. He's like, can you dance to any kid in place? So I was like, yeah, I could do any, uh, I could mess around to anything, whatever. And then like, he played the one song and, played rolling with kid and play for one of my single snatches and it worked it worked with that and from then on it was just me being the high top fade and hip-hop parade and <laughs> anthony bennett and having fun and just playing with my hair most of the match and you're having fun and, and that's what exactly. wrestling should be all about uh any interests outside of the ring what, what do you like to do for fun when you're not wrestling <laughs> Oh man, I'm definitely the biggest Disney geek you'll ever come. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely one of those people. So like, mo- but Disney movies, Disney movies, Disney like 
just about any Disney movie you have. I can quote it. I can recite it word for word. Lion King's my favorite movie. Ah, that's my down. favorite too. I love that movie. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely so many like, good life Lion lessons definitely... in the Lion King. Exactly. That's <laughs> you know, um, you sport a cool wing tattoo on your back. Is there any significance behind that? Uh, yes, yeah, a family symbol, basically. Like my dad uh, got it from the Bible, from Psalms ninety-one verse four, mm-hmm. and it symbols basically he shall cover you with his wings. That's nice. And I was actually supposed to get the verse underneath of it, mm-hmm. but I was cutting it close with time when I was 17, 18, and I had work uh, as I was getting the tattoo done. I was actually still late for work anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I remember um, me getting a tattoo, and then I was like, I got to get it finished, and I got to get it finished. Then I was just like, I left it alone. I was just like, I don't think I need to get it finished now. Is there any other tattoos that you have? No, that's just the one one? for now, you know, because once I started doing pro wrestling, I was just like, I want to get more. Eventually, I was going to get the Simba tattoo with that Rafiki had on the Tree of Life. Oh, cool. And then get it, get the last ending one, how he put the mane around him. Uh Uh-huh. So I was actually going to get that on my shoulder recently, and then I'd for some reason I just thought about it. I was just like, you know, I don't think I should do that right now. And then I'll figure it out later on. Like I definitely do want to get that tattoo though. Yeah. I mean, but thinking about your career and, and the image that you're portraying right now, you know, it's, it's weird how, you know, little things like that, just a tattoo of something that you're passionate about could interfere with what you're trying to put out as your persona, your character in professional wrestling. That's exactly why I was just like, you know, I, my Back, my back tattoo with the wings on it, I could get away with it now, yeah. you know, and it also worked because my first pair of trunks, I had that thing uh, logo, and, you know, everyone was like, oh, it's something like the Bentley symbol. Uh, yeah. yeah, okay, <laughs> we'll go with that. <laughs> hey, if Goldberg could make money off his tattoo, I'm sure you can make money off yours in the future. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you haven't chosen a career in professional wrestling and in this path that you're on, uh, what what do you think you'd be doing? Honestly, I don't even know. I I, I can't even answer that. I know I I'm go, currently going to school for accounting, mm-hmm. but even still, that still is not so much boring. It's just time consuming, I guess. Mm-hmm. But. I don't know what I, I guess I'd still be doing that cool. and probably working. I don't know. I, I don't know. I just know I'm pro wrestling is basically where all my time is now. It's hard to think where I would be without it. How's the love life? I mean, you're a good looking guy. You have the many years of great success ahead of you. I mean, there's gotta be females in the locker room, you know, ring rats hanging around. Is there, you know, how's the love life for Anthony Bennett? Ah, uh, man, I wish I had one. <laughs> I wish I had a love life. You're married to wrestling? Basically. Wrestling in the gym, you know, I mean, I still hang out with friends and all. But, you know, it's just not really trying to look for anything right now just because I never know what, like, I don't know what I'm going to be doing, how long I'll be in an area, how long it'll take for me to get called up for NXT or anything like that. I want to, my goal is to be in WWE. So basically, you know, not trying to do anything where it hinders me from that. Now, earlier you mentioned that, you know, you're very big on asking people about feedback on your matches on how could you improve. And it sounds like you're probably the hardest critique of your own work. Is there anything right now that you feel like this, I know I could do better that you're working to achieve? I feel like lately it's just, my aggressiveness, I know sometimes I do find it hard to come out of my happy-go-lucky personality and be aggressive. Mm. Other times, like, other times it does come natural, but it's that right there I would say is when it's not so much an issue. It's just finding how my facial expressions could be more aggressive. I mean, eventually Anthony Bennett might lose his smile, just like Shawn Michaels. <laughs> 
I kind of don't want that to come, but (laughs) (laughs) well, we're wrapping up here. Thank you so much, Anthony Bennett, for being part of this episode of A Shot of Wrestling. If we wanted to follow you, or is there any upcoming shows that we should be looking out for? What are they, and where can we follow you? You can follow me on on Instagram at Bennett Ant D E N N E T T A N T, and I'm on Twitter at High Top Bennett. And right now, I'm currently doing CZW shows in Voorhees, New Jersey, as well as October 21st, I will be at Jersey All Pro Wrestling. That's awesome, man. Thank you very much for gracing us with your time on a shot of this. What's up? Thank you guys for having me. It's in the news with Michael J. Putty and the Green Man. So yeah, we got to start off, as I mentioned earlier, Bobby the Brain Heenan passed away at the age of 82. And we all know he was regarded as one of the best managers, pretty much an all-around performers of all time. In an, an obituary posted on TampaBay.com, they quote Heenan's daughter, Jessica, as stating that Heenan succumbed to organ failures brought on by cancer. She was also quoted saying that it was just his time. And it's well documented that he's been battling a number of health issues dating back to 2002. He was first diagnosed with throat cancer, uh, which he overcame, fought like a champion, overcame, but he left his appearance dramatically altered by subsequent reconstructive surgery on his jaw. I think he had actually the bottom part of his jaw removed. He also battled tongue cancer, uh, which affected his ability to speak, which is what his art form was. Uh, In recent years, he actually succumbed to two broken hips, a broken shoulder, and a pelvis following numerous falls. But yeah, uh, despite his serious health issues and difficulty talking, he actually became a fixture at these independent wrestling conventions that I sadly now missed out on. I was not, never aware that Bobby Heenan was doing these conventions, but he apparently was. And he was, of course, as we all figured by now, the star attraction. I'm sure that line was long. You know, one of the memories I have of Bobby Heenan, and I talked about this with several people, including Green Men, story buddy, I know you don't remember, was back in 2004, WrestleMania 20. That's when I think that's the first time they actually made a spectacle of the Hall of Fame. They had a dais, rented a ballroom, had a whole formal event pretty much and that was released on its own special dvd 2004 hall of fame i got that i don't remember if i was if i bought that it was given to me as a gift but i got that and one day i remember watching it and bobby heenan's speech was fucking hilarious oh my god this guy was he still had it you could tell he was succumbing to his uh, health issues but he was on point he was sharp he was quick he still had it he was still the bobby the brain heenan and I recommend everybody, please, please go check that out. I, I'm assuming it's still on the network. It should be up. It should be still on the network. A Hall of Fame 2004. And on behalf of everyone here at A Shot of Wrestling, myself, Green Men, we send our deepest condolences to Heenan and his family. But this also had the world of professional wrestling rocked. Everyone had their own reaction to it. The news of Bobby Heenan's passing today gutted me. I loved our time together. No one ever did it better than The Weasel. That was from Jim Ross. Ric Flair said Bobby Heenan, the greatest manager, one of the greatest announcers, and one of the best in-ring performance in history of this business. This man tweeted out, one of the greatest managers and announcers in WWE history. Our thoughts are with the Heenan family. Stephanie went on to quote him saying, I don't look at myself as a hero or a smart person. I have a seventh grade education, but I have a lot of fun. Hashtag RIP Bobby the Brain Heenan. Impact even got into the game and tweeted out, from all of us, our thoughts and prayers to the family of Bobby the brain heenan hashtag r.i.p his old announcing buddy tony shivani said just heard the news about bobby the brain heenan deeply saddened my thoughts are with cindy and jess the brain made night show the smash hit it was hard to argue that dmz sports actually caught up with triple h coming uh landing at an airport uh, he was asked about Bobby the brain heenan and he said and i quote i love bobby he was a great guy probably one of the naturally funniest guys ever and then he was asked about the wrestler, Triple H, said he was one of the best in-ring performers there ever was. He just chose not to do it. He wanted to be a manager. That's all he wanted to do. So he just, you know, he had a dream. He lived it, and he stuck with it. I want to see Bobby bring him to wrestle, though. Like, that's got to be a sight to see. But, you know, it's easy for people to say positive things about Bobby the Brain Heenan now that he's passed. You know, everyone when someone dies, everyone comes out of the woodwork to say positive things about him. But what would they say about him if he was still alive? Well, during my research of trying to find clips... I found his Hall of Fame package, and uh, they had just as nice things to say back then as they did now. So take a listen. 
Bobby Heenan began his professional wrestling career in 1961. While he toiled as a wrestler for years, his true passion was to be a manager. Not only did Heenan fulfill that wish, he flourished. Without a doubt, the best wrestling manager ever in the wrestling history. Fittingly, Heenan was dubbed the brain as he acquired an unprecedented stable of talent. He just was instrumental in making the careers of so many of the great wrestlers. I don't know that Bobby himself could tell you what caused and what created his success. He was born with a gift, a gift of being able to entertain. And Heenan was never more entertaining than when working with his partner and dear friend, Gorilla Monsoon. Worrying for humanoids, like you white suckers out there that can't make the payment on your 65 Plymouth, they're going to repo. They were just great together. They were funny to watch. and they, uh, That's probably why they, they had a good relationship together. Have you gotten a lot of cards and letters? Uh, I was just going to mention, there's a lot of people concerned about me. I understand that, uh, well, in Beverly Hills, I happen to know that my mailman right there is hunchback. I'm just carrying my mail. Bobby and Gorilla were like Abbott and Costello. Bobby Heenan would always come with something that was off the wall, a statement that you would least expect. I told him not to touch that midget. You never touch a midget. You never know where they've been. <laughs> You're disgusting. You're completely disgusting. Bobby has the best wit of anybody I've ever met. He's as good as any stand-up comic on television. He's as funny as anybody I've ever heard. How long have you been married, sir? 21 years. You realize on your wedding night, if you'd have killed her, you'd be out now? <laughs> He's one of the funniest, most sarcastic, probably the wittiest guy I have ever met in my life, and I've met a lot of them. You just love to hate Bobby Heenan. And, and uh, when the crowd started chanting, weasel. I don't have fur on my body. I do not have a tail. They hated him and booed him, but yet they enjoyed when he came out because he was entertaining. He was very animated. Bobby was so red hot as a manager, all he had to do was one weasel chant, turn his head, and the place erupted. I'm lucky. I'm lucky I've had what well, I've had. I'm lucky I've gotten to go all over the world. I've been on a bus, I've been on a boat, I've been on a camel backwards. How many people get to do the things I've done? There'll just never be another Bobby Heenan. The last great manager in wrestling was Bobby the Brain Heenan. Make no mistake about it. To have Bobby the Brain Heenan inducted into the Hall of Fame is a must. He is one of the most unique men I've ever known. In other news. Believe it or not, folks, there actually was other news this week. Triple H took to his official Twitter page to announce that they signed former UFC fighter and May Young Classic finalist Shayna Baszler. So congratulations to her. So as of this recording, in addition to her, uh, the following have been signed. Kari Zayn, Vanessa Bourne, Zeta, Sarah Logan, some Zai Lee, mm, sure not. Ray Ripley, Abby Layeth, Gavatya Devi, mm, Dakota Kai, Bianca Belair, Sage Beckett, Lacey Evans, Tanya Conti, and Reina Gonzalez. It's believed that they are still interested in Kenny LeRae, Piper Nevin, and Mercedes Martinez. However, they have not been signed yet. And Green Man's girl, Tessa Blanchard, has not signed a deal. We'll keep you updated on what goes on with that. In other news. Finally, news I have been waiting for. Paige returned to the Performance Center this past week, tweeting out, Want to see an old friend today. Good to be back there. Hashtag road back to my house. Good day today. Her return has been confirmed by WWE.com as they posted an article on the story. And quoting, Paige is on her journey back to reclaim her house. Former Divas champion unseen in the WWE ring for more than a year revealed she has returned to the Performance Center. Presumably beginning to return to active competition. WWE announced she's a free agent, but... Our boys over at the Wrestling Observer Newsletter report that not only is Paige most likely headed to SmackDown, but the E-officials reportedly already have a storyline set for her when she does return. So I am very much looking forward to this. She just started training, so I don't know how much long it's going to take to get ring, the ring rust off, get her back in some sort of shape. But hopefully it's rather sooner, uh, sooner rather than later here, huh? Can't wait for my girl Paige to come back. In other news. Well, it's been reported that the announcement of the GFW would impact merger had not actually been completed. Now that with Jeff Jarrett has taken a leave of absence, 
and the fact that he still owns the GFW name, it appears now that Anthem will move away from the GFW name as it's now referring to itself as the original Impact Wrestling. There was a sentiment amongst against the actual rebranding and to continue using the GFW name. However, that no longer seems to be the case backstage. It is being reported that publicly the company line is that Jeff Jarrett will in fact be returning sometime in the future. But however, privately, nobody is certain of anything. And at this time, there have been no comment from the company on whether or not they will keep the GFW name. But I think we reported now that, as we all know by now, the feeling is the company wants to get away from the negative association with TNA. And as long as they're in Orlando, the feeling is that they are TNA wrestling. Long-term goal, as we just found out this week, is that they want to move Impact and make it a Canadian company due to some economic advantages. And also because Anthem headquarters are in Toronto. So could we see Impact moving to Canada, eh? What's that a boot? In other news... Sticking with TNA for now, or Impact, or GFW, they have announced that Bound for Glory will be held on November 5th in Ottawa, Canada, at the Aberdeen Pavilion, exclusively on pay-per-view. Impact's president, Ed Norholm, was recently interviewed by OttawaCitizen.com to promote that event. During the interview, he revealed that Impact now has a new tagline. And I quote, our tagline is less talk, more action. It's a style of wrestling that focuses more on the action in the ring than storylines not to take anything away from the wwe that is their product and they obviously do a spectacular job at it but we have a very good show with talented wrestlers athletic wrestlers in other news Rain man will be excited about this ring of honor ceo jeff Koff recently spoke to fansided.com when asked about the possibility of daniel bryan returning to roh if he does in fact end up leaving the wwe he said and i quote well i don't think it's any secret And all the previous ROH wrestlers know they're always welcome back to Ring of Honor. This is their home, you know, so to speak. We've never chided anyone for leaving for what they thought were greener pastures. And look, a lot of them have succeeded on a far greater platform than we could have ever provided for them. So if Brian would like to come back, I actually didn't work with him while he was here, but I could personally welcome him back. In other news... Starcade, which was last held 17 years ago as a WCW event, will be returning as a SmackDown Live show held in on November 25th at the Greensboro Coliseum. So as of now, it is not scheduled to air on the network as a special event. It is being reported that the reason why they're bringing it back was so they could counter ticket sales for a Legends event that would also be taking place on the same weekend in Greensboro, North Carolina. Tickets go on sale Friday, September 29th. So if you're going, want to be a correspondent, hit us up. Inbox at a shot of wrestling. In other news. Kevin Owens recently spoke with the Pueblo Chieftain about his recent segment with Vince McMahon. He said, and I quote, That was my first time being in the ring with Vince McMahon. For a lifelong WWE fan, it was pretty special. Definitely a moment in my career I would never really thought would actually happen. And one I will remember for a very, very long time. And one I think Vince will remember as well. In other news. This actually is kind of kind of big news. The Undertaker will be making a very rare autograph signing appearance at the first ever Ace Universe convention right next door at the Nassau Coliseum in Uniondale, New York. This is a brand new pop culture convention that will take place on Friday, December 8th, 2017. The convention was launched by... Uh, uh, man, I mean, Mr. Seamus, can't pronounce his first name. He is the actually the original founder of the Wizard World Conventions, which, as we all know by now, are massive. So now the Undertaker is actually doing an autograph signing. He definitely signed me up for that. In other news. During this week's Raw, Roman Reigns mentioned one of my former guys, Alex Riley, in his promo and pointed the finger at John Cena for derailing his career. For those of you that don't know, an incident took place a couple years ago between Riley and Cena, which ultimately led to the end of Riley's push. It is believed that the two were very close friends, but something happened which ended their friendship in an interview with the Ross Report back in January 2017. Riley said, and I quote, I'll put it this way. There was an incident, and it certainly changed the path of my career. I don't want to discuss it right now, but I will one day for sure. I will one day. It was a tough situation. I guess we can leave it at that. Riley took to Twitter that night to respond, and I quote, you're starting to see... At WWE, hashtag WWE. In other news. Former top WWE writer Court Bauer revealed during a recent interview that there was once creative plans that would have involved Vince McMahon's real-life brother 
In 2007, a storyline saw Vince McMahon blow up inside a limo, would have seen his real-life brother, Roderick McMahon, join the company. Bauer says, and I quote, I always think what could have been because we were gearing up to do something with Vince's little-known brother, Roderick. His family is going to come in in the following week and be a part of the funeral for Vince. And I was, was pushing that, you know, I would love to get another side of the McMahon family involved. I think it would have been fascinating because people forgot that Vince has a brother. I think that the story would have been amazing. And as we all know by now, the storyline was nixed through the Crispin Wah tragedy. In other news. The WWE sent out a new server recently saying WWE is considering adding new programming to the network. As part of a premium price tiered situation, as we mentioned, I think maybe earlier this year, maybe late last year. Uh, I took the survey last year. I had not gotten this survey this year, but I'm eagerly awaiting to air my opinions. Let me know what y'all think. Some of the new issues are... Special live events, special one-time live events from unique locations around the world featuring unexpected main events. Another option is TV 14 in-ring show, a quote-unquote new weekly version of ECW or something edgy that would be rated TV 14. Local tournaments, tournaments that might take place in your home country featuring local talent similar to the United Kingdom thing. New reality shows, reality shows featuring life on the road for WWE superstars. An insider's view of their Intense training and workout regimen. Uh, something. What's the other thing? Uh, cribs. WWE cribs. That'd be cool. And one of the other things I noticed was the uh, apprentice type show with people vying for a job at the WWE. That's not bad. Original scripted comedies. Comedies such as WWE superstars roasts, South Park original wrestling, or their own version of The Office. That doesn't sound promising. Other promotions featuring ICW, Progress, New Japan, TNA. Ring of Honor, Impact, Global Force Wrestling, whatever you want to call it. For the first time, they're thinking of giving you a live ringside view of house shows. That should be interesting. Tournaments, they're thinking maybe Pro-Am style, maybe WWE versus NXT, or a Lucha tournament, a tag team tournament, a king or queen of the ring tournament. So keep an eye out for your inbox for those surveys. If you're a subscriber to the network, these surveys are coming your way, so keep an eye out. And if you get one, you know, Dial it up, 619-343-3005, and let us know what you answered. That's all the news this week, so stay tuned, because you all know what's coming up next. A shot of wrestling presents Raw and SmackDown, here and here. All right, let's quickly blow through Raw. Maurice was not there. Uh, she will be missed. I hope this is not the duration of her pregnancy, although one has to assume it will be. So I'm going to heal that. I'm going to chill, chill, the mixture of cheers and heels. Uh, the whole Dustin Rhodes thing, uh, he was wearing his gold dust outfit, so I assume this is more like a one-time thing. But the whole gold dust having a protege, protege angle was recently nixed. So I don't know what the future holds for gold dust. When he dropped the gold dust gimmick and went to the whole Dustin Rhodes thing originally, back in the Attitude Era, that went nowhere fast, and he ended up at WCW. So I'm hoping to come back, bring back gold dust. I was very excited about gold dust. Hope this is a one-night thing. Let's see what happens. I'm going to heal the whole Hawkins losing streak being mentioned. I can only hope this leads to something more meaningful, although knowing what I know, I'm not going to get my hopes up. You also got to cheers that Roman Reigns promo. It came off very well by himself. He seemed a lot more confident more comfortable on the microphone. I like to call back to John Cena calling out The Rock for the same shit Roman Reigns is calling him out on. Well played. You know, some, someone online also noticed that Roman Reigns' promo came during the halftime of the Monday Night Football game. So props for timing that perfectly. Good job, because that was not an accident. Although, I this is like the third promo, third, I think, third or fourth promo we've seen between John Cena and Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns needs a new line. This is not cutting it anymore for me. Fake-ass little bitch. Yeah, I heard you the first couple times. I was going to cheers Braun Strowman destroying Enzo Amore, then the subsequent attack by Neville. You know, no real reason. I just want to, I like seeing Enzo get his ass beat. That was my thing for Raw. You know, now we can move on to SmackDown. I'm going to cheers that Aiden English versus Randy Orton match. It was a good showing by Aiden English. Keeps getting better and better. I hope they do something with this guy. I'm kind of pulling my weight behind them. And that, that was a sweet, sweet RKO. I was wondering, where did that come from? Yeah, that's right. Thanks, Cole. I'm going to heal my man, Jinder Mahal. I mean, last week was okay, but this week, you know, it was kind of sort of messed up. Yeah, that was a little too far. You know, Mahal comes out, 
complaining how people are looking down on him for the way he looks, for the way he talks, for the way he dresses. Yet he's doing the same thing with cheesecake, so it makes no sense. Yeah, it went a little too far. You can't. If you're gonna make fun of Asian people. Don't don't mock the accent. Then the whole Mr. Miyagi thing, uh, just a little too much for me. We're going to side heel, though. Why was Cheesecake just hanging out in the back, man? He was absorbing all of this? Why not come out, run down, defend yourself, and play a whipping down? He just hung out in the back and waited for Renee to give him an interview. I think Roman Reigns would call him... Fake-ass little bitch. Of course, you got to cheers. The return of Charlotte. Good to see her back. Good to see things with her father are progressing nicely. And uh, she was looking badass in those tight leather pants. Welcome back, Charlotte, indeed. Of course, Naomi coming down looking fine. L- Becky Lynch looking not too bad, but got a side cheers here. Finally, we get to see Tamina and Lana. You know, you know, where, where, where the hell have they been? And I was also, once again, thoroughly entertained by uh, Dolph Ziggler's antics. At least this week had a theme. Shawn Michaels, Triple H, and then DX. Theme, great tag team, greatest of all times, dad jokes. Well done to see where this keeps going but you know i gotta also heal no bobby Roode for three weeks in a row what's up with that i think we talked about this a couple weeks ago but the rumor is that bobby Roode's first feud will be with Dolph ziggler which makes sense because he's talking about entrances and bobby Roode has a great entrance so are they holding off bobby Roode to until they start this thing i don't know i just want to see bobby Roode on my tv although i'm curious to see how he plays off as a face but you know only time will tell Let's get in some ratings. This week's Raw drew a 2.833 million. This is down from last week's 2.903. It's the lowest number for Raw since mid-June. You know, you expect more for a go-home show. I guess not. Raw was number two on viewership on cable for the night, falling behind the NFL on ESPN, and number four in the 18-49 to demographic, falling behind the NFL, SportsCenter, and... The iconic Love and Hip Hop. SmackDown drew a 2.510 million. This is also down from last week's 2.754 million. SmackDown Live was ugh, number seven in viewership for the night. Falling behind the Rachel Maddow Show, Tucker Carlson, The Special Report, The Story, Hannity, and The Five. All cable news shows. What the hell's going on Tuesday night, huh? Trump tweets something? SmackDown was, though, number two in the 18 to 49 demographic behind American Horror Story. So now Raw has Love and Hip Hop. Turns out SmackDown now has the American Horror Story. Well, moving on, this week is No Mercy. The kickoff show match was announced. Paul Cruz will take on Elias. The main show will feature Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins versus Cesaro and Sheamus. Neville vs. Enzo Amore, John Cena vs. Roman Reigns, Alexa Bliss will defend against Sasha Banks, Bailey, Nia Jax, and Emma. The Miz against Jason Jordan and Brock Lesnar against Braun Strowman. On paper, this looks like a good show. Aside from the Neville-Enzo Amore match, Finn Balor and Bray Wyatt, even the Seth Rollins-Cesaro match. I don't really care about that. Others look great. John Cena and Roman Reigns should be an instant classic. Match of the year contender, in my opinion. Alexa Bliss, Sasha Banks, the women's match should be great. And Brock Lesnar and Braun Strowman, I'm curious to see how they do with this. It's going to be a quick quick squash match. It's going to be a long... This can't be a long, drawn-out technical match. This has got to be a quick beatdown. Maybe 15 minutes? Well, episode 83 is in the books, folks. Thanks for sticking with me. You know, something we failed to mention last week was the hurricanes that struck Houston and Florida and now Puerto Rico, Cuba... The Keys, the Caribbean Islands are now devastated. Our thoughts and prayers go out to all those affected. So, if you want to donate and help out, make sure you check in with HandInHand2017.com or the Red Cross. Although it came out to light that the Red Cross does not give 100% of your donations to the victims. They take a piece for administrative fees. I assume that's normal, so I'm not really going to bitch about that. But HandInHand2017.com was a telethon that happened. 100% of proceeds go to the victims. You can call 1-800-258-6000 to donate using a credit card or text GIVE, G-I-V-E, to 80077 and that will automatically charge $25 to your phone bill. And now you got the fucking earthquakes in Mexico start ravishing everybody. I think Puerto Rico now just a damn flooded. So it is crazy shit south of the border here. So Godspeed, keep it in your thoughts and prayers. Do whatever you can. Give whatever you can to help these people in need. 
See, now this is Green Man's part. Let's see if I can do this. This show is from the fans, for the fans. Make sure you like us on Facebook, Shot of Wrestling. Follow us on Twitter, Shot of Wrestling No A. Like us on Instagram, A Shot of Wrestling. Go back and listen to our other episodes. Like us. Make sure you please comment and rate us on iTunes. That's the only way iTunes communicates with us. So make sure you comment and like us. Rate us five stars on iTunes. Green Man, that's it, right? I think I got everything. Mm-hmm. Love it. Great. Also, if you're paying attention, last week we released our first mini-sode, Eric Jaden's Love Hotline. Dial it up, 619-343-3005. You still have time to get your questions in for the next round with Eric Jaden, so make sure you do that. So for myself, I have been at Michael J. Putty. Until next week, Putty, yo. Hey, baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh, my. And maybe you seem a bit confused, yeah, baby, but I got you pinned. Ha, 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 ha. But I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody.